0: Blog Talk Radio. are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul welcome to today's episode of the nadia khalil morning show with your host nadia khalil good morning everybody and welcome to may 1st it is friday may 1st the beginning of a new month we've been talking about may for a while now saying, oh my gosh, when it's May, we're going to be already how far into this virus, and today places are opening up, and we're not so sure that might be the best idea, but we're not really thinking things through completely, in some places it works, It's we're in a messy world right now, so hopefully we'll figure this out as we go, but it is May 1st, it is the beginning of what we think of as getting out of school and graduating and all that stuff is happening. And we've got a lot of questions. So I'm starting today with a question from Liam. And he writes, how do introverts navigate through life when we live in a world that is usually driven and made for people who are extroverts? When we go for a job interview, interviews want, interviewers want to see that you are involved in many projects and social exchanges. I know we are living in a time when this pandemic, that means everyone is now living like an introvert, staying in, etc. But when this is over, it will most likely get back to how it was. How do introverts live in a world that worships extroverts? it's it's interesting because that's your point of view of it but i actually met you liam and you are not that much of an introvert um because you you get along great with people you you know you met everybody you introduce yourself you tell everyone where you're from you have a lot of it, it maybe not in projects in that, but let me just define first the difference between an introvert and an extrovert so we can all start at the same place. Introvert, it, it's where we gain our energy. It's, it's you're either an introvert or an extrovert. Extroverts get their energy from being out in the world. They love socializing, stimulating that brain reward center, you know, the, play, the part of them that, you know, that's where they feed. They like to be out. They like to be with people. They like to be working in a garden or, or working with a bunch of people in the garden instead of having their own, working in, in it in a different way, where an introvert may just want their own little garden at home and just do their thing and they can spend the whole day there because they re-energize by being alone and even better sometimes like maybe in nature or maybe just being home reading a book and that's where they get their energy so it's where we're getting our energy from but I get your question when you're asking well how does you know how does someone and I'm assuming you're thinking of yourself as an introvert Make it in an extrovert's world. Well, when people, I know they may want you to be in projects and that, but that depends on the job. There's a lot of jobs that people do solo that work out great for someone who gets their energy from being alone. I I used to work in the field of interviewing people. I used to be the one that found the jobs, and my company found the people that filled the jobs. That was like my last corporate-type job in my lifetime. And we never, ever gave anyone a job based on projects and stuff they did outside of work. So I don't believe this will hurt you, in your job process, unless you in your mind believe you don't fit in because you feel that you are an introvert. Sometimes, you know, extroverts are, are too much for a, a certain environment because they want to keep everyone together. They want to keep this going. They want and, and that environment doesn't ask for it. Being an introvert or an extrovert is just where we source our energy. How do we get it? I feel like I'm both. There's times in my lifetime when I was truly full-on extrovert, and then there's other times where I've retreated and been quiet, and I got my energy from being home and being alone and needing to be alone. But it, it like came in cycles. Um, I know there's some people that you know they've labeled themselves and and they live by the label you know well, I'm an introvert, and then you know they get along with everyone they're they're out doing so many things, but it's how does an introvert navigate through life a little bit quieter, but interviewers per se don't wanna see that you're everywhere unless it's a job that they need you to be in everywhere. But for the most part, they're going to look at you and say, is this person capable doing the job that they're interviewing for? And then there's the soft skills of personality. And it's not so much about introvert or extrovert. It's more about who that person is, how they view their environment. There's some people that come in and they look at everything wrong everyone's doing. They may have questions to find out if that's the person. There might be someone who comes in, and they're going to be the ones who want to get everyone to go out every Friday night. There will be so many giveaways in the interview, and whatever they're looking for, whatever they're not looking for, is what they try to navigate in an interview. In an interview. If they ask you questions about your past, and and let's say somebody is someone who gives everyone credit for what they've learned from them in their past, they look at that person as, oh, wow. They're, they're a grateful person and they're positive and they, if they ask you about your last jobs and you talk about everything that was wrong there and you think they're going to take you and protect you or make it better there, they're probably not going to hire that person because that person is going to do the same thing there eventually. But that has nothing to do with being an introvert or an extrovert. And maybe that was just the example. And let me check the chat. No. So um, because that's not why somebody would get a job or not. And and there isn't a worshipping for extrovertism. At least I never, ever thought of that. I never saw it being a reward. Um, But it looks like it in ads. Like, oh, that's the person that's. But that's all ads. That's that fantasy lifestyle that we are being sold but in real life people are calmer than that even the extreme extrovert is calmer than that and not as shiny but it's interesting um that in this time everyone may be living like an introvert but you know even that the the extroverts are out protesting and you know whatever anyone says they take it and fly with it and they're out protesting that this is against constitutional rights and all of that and we haven't even gotten out of the mess we're in and we don't know if their protesting is creating a bigger mess or if it's helping we we actually don't have the answers but they are out there creating crowds even in the epidemic. epidemic. So I, I just want you to somehow understand that being an introvert is not the negative to being an extrovert. It's just where we fuel. I know a lot of quiet people who love to spend a lot of time alone. And that's where they're best because they understand that that's where they fuel. And then the times they do go out, they really do enjoy themselves because they don't do it all the time, but they love to talk to people and love to share. It's just that their fuel is energized by them spending enough alone time to feel energized. Other people go home and and they go to sleep excited about everyone who told them they had a great outfit that night. That may not matter to you. But they talked to 15 people and 10 of them said it. They're like, wow, I must have done something right. People noticed me. But it really is just where you're getting your energy from. So that would be a good question because sometimes answering that honestly, answering that honestly helps you also navigate Taking away that something's wrong with you because you feel like you're an introvert, or something you're at a disadvantage because you are an introvert or you consider yourself an introvert. I kind of, you know, I love being home, I love being with people, but I have said all my life as much as I like to be around a bunch of people, I need that same time alone. Because I know that I get my energy from being alone. Because I have time to think my thoughts through. I have time to do things I love, like write and clean and organize and and whatever it is I love doing. And when I get all that done and I'm with other people, I feel like I'm who I am. I'm not rushing, I'm not not enjoying it, I'm not wishing it was over, I'm not wishing I could go home and finish what I was doing. All that goes away because I give myself enough time. So I I hope that answered your question. If you have more to your question, please let me know. I have another question, and this one was from JD, and I guess it's going to piggyback on your question Um, Liam and it is is success ultimately a measurement or a feeling is success a a measurement or a feeling well just knowing me you're going to know that answer I think Liam just wrote thanks I understand better now I'm so happy because that could be the biggest plus of your life if you just embrace it so that would be really cool so that so um, JD's question, is success ultimately a measurement or a feeling? Coming from me the way I think, it's definitely a feeling because I know when I'm trying to force something and when I know it's good, it's just good, and I know it, and I feel it. Once I put it out there, to me, that was the success was just having the feeling, because not every day do we have a feeling that fear, doubt, worry, control or guilt don't try to attack. But there's some feelings we get that no one can touch. No matter what they say, no matter what they do, success is a feeling. I have met many people especially where I live, who by everybody else's standards are completely successful. But upon knowing them, they don't think so. There's still a lot that they feel they haven't done. Know how to handle all the success people believe they are. It almost gets in the way When success is a measurement. Because now it's got control, fear, doubt, worry, control, and guilt behind it. Because now if you don't make that measurement, what happens? You're not successful. But it's your drive. It's your feeling. It's your belief. And you will fight for it in a way that no one can take away from you. And I don't mean fight for it like you against the world fight for it. I mean like you love it. And that love is the success. I've had one of my biggest questions, you know, of people saying things like, you know, I want this. Why didn't this happen for me? I want it. And I always say, you may not have wanted it bad enough because you were able to say no to yourself at some point. Well, how do I know what's mine? I said, that's something only you can know. And and, and people hate those answers because then it comes back on, on us, right? We have to say, oh, well, I, I guess I really didn't. Care enough? Oh, wow, did I really want that? Well, wait, why did I want it? Oh, because it would have made me look successful. Well, if something makes you look successful and you don't feel it, how does that success feel? It feels like a burden. It feels like a pain in the butt is what it feels like. But if you feel good about what you're doing... You never, ever stop to think for a minute that you're successful or not. Never. The most successful people I have met, whatever that means, never, ever looked at their measurements of success. And what is the difference when you meet them? And I'm going to tell you right off the bat, what they drive, and where they live. There's people who want to project the success so they get the kind of car that says, I've made it. They they have a house that's way bigger than they'll ever need because that is their monument of success. But some of the most successful people I have met monetarily and in their jobs live Pretty simply, because they're not looking at that measurement part. They don't need to tell you before you meet them that that's where they are. Now, they don't go and and purposefully live that way. It's just that chances are the house they were living in, if it was big enough at the time, they may still be in. I am floored at the simplicity that I find in people who feel successful as opposed to people who need a measurement of success to feel that they are successful. So very, very interesting question, but the feeling doesn't have the measurement, and the measurement doesn't have the feeling. There are two polar opposites. When it comes to what success is, a lot of times the people with the car, the house, and the everything are most likely in debt, appearing successful. And then we we watch the house the cards fall down, and then we find out the true story later, which is sad because it's really hard for them to live that life, and it strips the feeling. And then they start to wonder, was all this worth it? I'm tired. And I've even met people who made really good money in Hollywood at some point and lived that life and then lost the house, lost this, lost that, as they didn't get roles. And they thought that they would never, ever be in that place. And that's hard, very hard to watch and to see. So it's... um, It's a feeling, to answer your question. Is success ultimately a measure of feeling? And that goes back to Liam's question, that if you believe being an introvert, once you've labeled yourself, is hurting you from getting a job, what's going to happen? You're going to create that reality. But if you look at being an introvert as where you source your energy, like, wow, I actually do enjoy being alone. I do enjoy my days. And that makes me the whole person I need to be in a job interview. Boom, there you are. How we think about ourselves is what turns us into the walking billboard of our own lives. We tell on ourselves all the time. And I have to say, just that feeling between success and not, when I had negative money in the bank, I I will never forget this day, I was asked to write a foreword for the book. And I had no idea, no idea how I was even going to cover the negative in the bank because the charges were like Six times what the thing that took me over was, and each one of them was a $35 charge back to me. And it was before they had a limit on how many times they could do that to one account. But they would let the payments go through at the time, very predatory, and then they would charge you $35 for a $6 overcharge. Things like that happened. And I remember it. But to me, that was the last part of the book. And I was so excited. I was the most successful person in the world in my mind because I felt so good that that last part of the book was all that they needed. Because that feeling, that feeling I couldn't get rid of for anybody interesting right so cool so now i have another question from maria maria dulse and she says thinking about the last show bucket list in relationships wednesday what would be our vision like making a map for the days to come after the pandemic for our personal situations and our communities what do you think nadia what would you like to imagine our world from now on I know that you talk about it day by day for years now, like a million baby steps, but could you please give a few essential points? Where would you like to see the world changing towards the better? Lots of love. And then she said, I just said it was an awesome question, and she said, personally, I would start with gratitude and appreciation for, live, for life and for each other and for whatever we have, like you said, today in the show. Super grateful for having to put food on the table. Okay, that question. I have been walking around my house, and I'm sure everyone's sick of me by now, saying this, but I have been saying things like, if I were running the country, my first thing, my first thing, if I were running the country, I know it would be a hard hit, But the first thing I would do, and I would start doing it now, is have a food supply of only real food. Why would I start with food if I were running the country? Because our food supply, the things we put in our bodies, are part of the reason why our immune systems are compromised. So we have to start where we need to start. Instead of a whole slew of medicines and a whole slew of all of these things, and I've already thought it through with all of the industries that would be affected, all the companies making non-food products filled with sugar and filled with fat and filled with salt, and then we get sick, and then they give us medications to deal with all of the stuff, and then we live on a maintenance illness schedule until we die. And everybody's making money along the way. And that's not the good or bad part. They have the right to do it, but we should think about what we're putting in our bodies. But since we have proven, for the most part, that a box of food that we just add water to is good for us, and we... Just want to make whatever we need to make, and we don't care that we're gaining weight and getting sick from it, which makes us susceptible to illness. And the coronavirus is a great example of that. Who's dying first? Comorbidities, people who have other illnesses. What's the first one? Diabetes, high blood pressure. So I would, if Someone asked me, what would I like the world to be like? Unless there is real food in the food we eat, which is basically fresh food or meats. If you go to other countries, they have very little in their stores other than nuts, fruits, vegetables, and very few boxed things. You could find them. You could find bag chips. You could find all of that. However, I would start with the food supply. And if it took me 10 years to do it, it would still correct for the future. So I would start with the food supply. Once we would get the food supply, I would work on national activities, things that keep us physically active because we are killing ourselves. We are hurting ourselves. Because I know once the food is good, we start having these certain spikes in our behavior. You eat something with sugar, you're flying high, you fall. You you come down. You don't move around too much, you can't move around. You try to get up, your knees don't work. You try to move fast, you can't breathe. Ask anyone who hasn't exercised who started to exercise how hard that was because it's hard. And I'm dealing with someone who's ill right now. They are ill to the point where they probably would have died a year ago. But they didn't because they had taken care of themselves all their lives. And every single time, someone put them for dead, they just made it through because their body did not have comorbidities. But when we just walk, our blood moves around. So I would go back to the basics in life. Then I would start to look through our monetary system. And I would take out any job that makes money off of making money. When If you go to a doctor and you pay that doctor, nobody owns the doctor. So the doctor doesn't have to pay 10 people for your office visit. And I, I know that's like going back to pre-HMOs, but the HMOs have taken away your doctor's right to make a decision that may be best for you in some cases. But if that some cases, your mom or your dad, that's a big deal. So I would look at the monetary system, and I used to sell financial products, and sometimes whatever people will buy will be what we make more of, whether it's good for us or not. Well, I don't want to say sometimes, all the time. And then there's some companies that are building a future and others that are just taking money now making money now they may be up today down tomorrow up today down tomorrow but in 10 years they'll be gone and I would look at pharmaceuticals because these four factors are what run our lives every single day our food supply our activity how we manage our money and what we allow into our bodies outside of our food supply So I would keep taking us back to making sure the human body and the human mind have the best start that they can and the best way to live life here. Because once you have these, we feel invincible. Without them, everything feels difficult. Because when one one of these falls, we're going to suffer big. So that's my answer And the gratitude and the appreciation and all of that comes when we have the mind and the body and the soul to do that. It's a very interesting thing. But I keep saying, if I were running the world, I would start with the food supply. I would start with us. So it's over. I only have five seconds left. Have a great weekend. I will see you on Monday. Bye-bye.